Welcome to Flourish. I'm Diane Planeden, and you're in the right place if you're ready to create an inspired life. And we do so by working on our own personal development so we can be strong role models for those we love and mentor. Today's a special day. As I am writing my book, I am going through a journey of discovering why I did certain things when raising my child that worked. Why I had an instinct and applied it and it worked why I didn't use my parents of, you know, reasoning of because I say so in order to help my child reach his own personal development and thrive in this beautiful world we're in. So one of the papers I read was on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now that hierarchy has changed over the years. He did perfect it. Originally it had five levels and he ended with eight. So we're gonna briefly go through why each level is important and how it may help you in reaching your own personal development goals, in reaching your own dreams and aspirations, and maybe helping someone else too. So here we go. Originally written in 1943 as a theory of human motivation, Maslow's hierarchy of needs has become a way that we can all adapt. We all can learn that, hey, this is just our human nature. This is how the world works. Mm, yeah, it's a little bit flexible. Let's start with the basics. The physiological needs, air, water, food, clothing, sheltered. That's our survival mode. That's our survival instinct. And guess what? We don't even have to think about it. It just happens. And our bodies know if something's lacking, we'll crave something different in our appetite. Our bodies know what to do. You really don't have to teach a person to be hungry. <laughs> Your body tells you when it's time to eat. And uh, well, the, the interesting thing about this paper on the physiological part of it is that Maslow talks about how when a person thinks they're hungry, they might actually be seeking simply comfort. Think comfort food. Think, you know, instant gratification when <laughs> you're, <laughs> when you feel like having that bag of chips, right? But what was really interesting about this first base, and, and, and he talks about it a lot because it's an important one, that the human being who is missing everything in life in an extreme fashion is most likely that the major motivation would be physiological needs rather than any other. A person who is lacking food, safety, love, and esteem would most probably hunger for food more strongly than anything else. Than anything else. That hunger, for it, it's, it's, it's just, it can just overtake you. When you're hungry, you can't think. When you don't have food, you can't think. You need that one, one basic baseline food. And, and that made me pose a question to myself as I was reading this paper is, is this why homeless people are such good survivors? And he actually answered it in this paper for me. So yes, those basic needs are being met, right? He goes on to say, the receptors and efforts, the intelligence, memory, habits, all may be defined simply as hunger-gratifying tools. 
Let me say that again. When you satisfy your hunger, the receptors and effectors, the intelligence, memory, habits, all may now be defined simply as hunger gratifying tools. That is so interesting. You're, you're seeking that relief. You're seeking that physical, physical, you know, the feeling that you're getting. And, and you'll do anything for food. Anything for food. The next level in the hierarchy of needs builds with safety. Now that you are able to survive, you have food, you have clothing, you have water, you need to feel safe. You feel healthy, personal safety, emotional safety, security in your finances, so you can put food on the table. And if you feel confident in that regard, you will live without fear, because you can't live in fear. If you're worried about where you're going to get the next dollar from, you can't think. So you have to have those different security levels in place. And he gives a really good example about how children wear their safety on their sleeve. They want to have routine. They like predictions. They like to know that they are taken care of and they feel safe. They feel safe and comfort in your arms. They feel safe with you in their life. And if they don't feel safe, well, that will be reflected. Adults can hide it a little bit better, but children, it's really quite apparent. And he says in his paper, young children seem to thrive better under a system which has at least a skeletal outline of rigidity in which there is a schedule of a kind, some sort of routine, something that could be counted upon, not only for the present, but also far into the future. Perhaps one could express this more accurately by saying that the child needs an organized world rather than an unorganized or unstructured one. Yeah, so if you have children or if you've ever been one, you know you can get out of sorts if you get out of a routine. That's why the school system works so well. The third hierarchy is love. That was his original word in his paper, love, a sense of belonging. And I'm going to read from the paper. If both the physiological and the safety needs are fairly well gratified, then there will emerge the love and affection that belongingness needs. And the whole cycle already described will repeat itself with this new center. Now the person will feel keenly, as never before, the absence of friends or a sweetheart or a wife or child. We hunger, hunger for affectionate relationships with people in general, namely for a place in, his, in the group, and will strive greatly, great intensity to achieve this goal. We want to be part of a bigger picture. We need humans. We're social creatures. And we need that human interaction. And, and that's why I really want to talk about this today because I know with COVID, a lot of people lost connections. Uh, relationships were strained because of COVID. Uh, you're getting vaccinated, aren't you getting vaccinated? Uh, just all kinds of different things have been going on with people. And hopefully we've seen the end of that light. But famous last words, right? 
But the, the need uh, he talks about with love is he's not talking about sex. He says that love is not synonymous with sex. Also not to be overlooked is the fact that love needs love needs evolve both giving and receiving love. So you feel good when you feel loved, but you also feel good. You build upon your needs. You feed the need by giving back, by showing love to others. I think that's just so precious, absolutely precious. The next level is esteem, and esteem for yourself, self-respect, and respect for others. And Maslow goes on to say, and he's kind of a funny guy when you start reading him, all people in our society, with a few pathological exceptions, <laughs> have a need or desire for stable, firmly based, usually high evaluation of themselves, for self-respect or self-esteem, and for the esteem of others. By firmly based self-esteem, we mean that which is soundly based upon real capacity, achievement, and respect from others. He goes on to say this can be broken down in a few subsets. First, the desire for strength, for achievement, for adequacy, for confidence in the face of the world, and for independence and freedom. Yeah, that can really build upon you, right? And secondly, he says, we have what we may call the desire for reputation or prestige from other people, you know, recognition, attention, importance, appreciation. So not only do you need to respect yourself, but perhaps you have what you call an esteemed colleague and you respect their opinion, or at least you're open to discussion. I like that. I like that a lot. Finally, he says, satisfaction of the self-esteem need leads to feelings of self-confidence, worth, strength, capability, and adequacy of being useful and necessary in the world. Huh. But thwarting of these needs produces feelings of inferiority, of weakness, and of helplessness. Remember that. Keep that in the back of your mind. If you can get to this fourth level, you're golden. You're golden. I'm going to tell you right now, this four levels are the most important to get through. They are the deficiency needs. They're things that are missing, missing in your whole heart that you need in order to move forward and live a more inspired life and live with purpose and meaning. You need the basics in physiology. You need to feel safe. You need love and to give love and finally self-esteem and respect for others those four needs are called deficiency needs and if it's missing well like i said you can't live in fear you cannot thrive if you're worried about where the next paycheck is coming from you need to build on those just build on the basics up 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 and away and it'll make a difference. Now we're going to get to the most exciting part of the pyramid. The next four levels, the next four levels to reach a growth need. You may be hearing a lot about growth mindset and growth hacks and spirituality, etc. Well, once you have 
those needs we just talked about and it's time to blossom bloom and shine and grow and thrive and flourish this is where the kool-aid gets exciting so originally he only had self-actualization in his original hierarchy but what's interesting about that is that self-actualization is much more than that he broke it down a little bit further. He broke it down to include cognitive needs. Yes, cognitive needs. And that is basically um, your creativity, your, your curiosity. That's where you're going to find your meaning. That's where you start going and exploring. What do I really like to do in life? What am I here for? If you start brainstorming, these cognitive needs that you have, you become a little bit more motivated. If it's something you love to do, if you love to paint, if you love to play the piano, if you love to write, if you love to research, if you love math, it's finding that. And in order to find that, you, you need, this is, this is where your intrinsic motivation comes from. This is where you want to learn something new. You want to keep building and growing and thriving and giving back to the community. Because now <laughs> you're able to just really explore the world and decide what, what is your meaning here? What am I really good at? What really interests me? And, and I'm not saying do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. You have to take action. You have to work at it. You have to build that mastery. Because if you can't decide what your purpose is, if you can't find what your purpose is, then you get to create it. You get to create it. Yes. The best way to predict your future is to create it. Abraham Lincoln said that. And it still rings true today because then you can expand on the possibilities of what you can do. Expand on the possibilities and you can be what you're meant to be. Next, he added aesthetic. Now, aesthetic may sound more like, <laughs> oh, good, I get to look beautiful now, right? But aesthetic needs are more like, let's pay attention to the beauty that surrounds us the beauty in nature and appreciate it and be aware that you are unique and you are like a butterfly now okay you're out of that cocoon and your wings are ready to fly and guess what how beautiful is a butterfly when you reach that and you start feeling you're feeling good about yourself now you're getting creative you pay attention to what you're looking like yourself. You're no longer wearing <laughs> tights as your only attire. <laughs> like just, you're getting out there. And, and you're getting out into nature and observing everything around us. And then when you connect with that, then you notice things differently. I believe Coco Chanel said, dress shabbily, and they notice the dress. Dress impeccably. And I notice the woman. So you can improve on your physical appearance, your environmental appearance, and really take inspiration from the beauty of the world.
I, I really like that. Now the next level, now that you've got all of your basics covered, you're ready to learn, you're creating, you're taking pride in yourself and your surroundings, is self-actualization. And he says on self-actualization, what a man can be, he must be. What a woman. However you identify, it's fantastic. And he says in his paper, even if all these needs, the ones I just mentioned, are satisfied, we may still often, if not always, expect that a new discontent and relentlessness will soon develop unless the individual is doing what he or she is fitted for. This comes back to creativity. He says, a musician must make music, an artist must paint, a poet must write. If they're ultimately to be happy. What a man can be, he must be. Yes. This need we call self-actualization, self-fulfillment, the desire, the tendency to become more and more what one is, to become everything that one is capable of becoming. Oh, now that's, if, that, if that's not a theory of human motivation, I don't know what is. Like that is absolutely spectacular. And the final, the very top of the triangle is your peak performance level, your transcendence needs, also known as your spiritual needs. He says, transcendence refers to the very highest and most inclusive or holistic levels of human consciousness, behaving and relating as ends rather than means to oneself, to significant others, to human beings in general, to other species, to nature and the cosmos. And this is not mystical. This has basically been around and depending on what your belief system is, because I, I did hear the other day there's over 4,000 religions in the world, so we're not going to try and unpack all that. What we're going to understand is you need to feel your mind, body, and spirit. That can be met on different levels, but when that need is met, and that's why meditation has made its way back into our life, you have a higher feeling of peak performance. And it's, it's really the cherry on top of the cake. It really is. It's absolutely fantastic. So he, he goes on to say in this paper, and I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on transcendence, only because it, it's whatever moves you and how you deal with it. But you have, that's all part of the growth. We began with the baseline and then the four levels of growth to reach your highest peak performance. Now, he does clarify in his paper that some people, you know, might do the levels in different orders, may or may not fit with their environment, their culture, etc. Once you reach that growth mindset, he says, the specific form that these needs will take will, of course, vary greatly from person to person. In one individual, it may take the form of desire to be an ideal mother. In another, it may be expressed athletically. And still another, it may be expressed in painting pictures or in inventions. It is not necessarily a creative urge, 
although in people who have capacities for creation, it will take this form. And that's why I mentioned math before. You know, although a mathematical mind is, is really quite a beautiful thing, but it's not for everybody. So I'm, I'm, again, simplifying things, but I think he really got it in a nutshell. He goes on to say, there are some people in whom, for instance, self-esteem seems to be more important than love. This is the most common reversal in the hierarchy, and it's usually to do, due to development of the notion that the person who is most likely to be loved is a strong or powerful person, one who inspires respect or fear or who is self-confident or aggressive. Therefore, such people who lack love and seek it may try hard to put on a front of aggressive, confident behavior. But essentially, they seek high self-esteem and its behavior expressions more as a means to an end than its for own sake. They seek self-assertion for the sake of love rather than for self-esteem itself. So that's a prime example of how different people will use these different hierarchies uh, to, to what suits their personality and their situation and why those four first levels, the deficiency levels, are so important to, to keep, those, keep those strong, if at minimum. So then you can go on to the next level of the growth and <laughs> go on for the growth. If I were permitted the usage, he says, I should then say simply that a healthy person is primarily motivated by need to develop and actualize their fullest potential and capacities. That is <laughs> be motivated to develop and actualize your potential and capacities. Humans are amazing. We can stretch, we can grow, we can thrive. So if you're struggling to figure out, what am I good at? What do I want in my life? You have to start experimenting. You have to start trying out different things. Maybe as a child, you used to love to draw. Your dream was always to create a comic book. Maybe you want to write that novel, memoir, news article. Maybe, just maybe, you can grow and stretch a little more because then just maybe you will live a more inspired life. Well, I hope you enjoyed Maslow's theory of motivation. I, I really enjoyed talking about it and I enjoyed researching it for my book. If you have a moment, Give us a review. Well, it depends which platform you're on, but if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review and maybe a thumbs up if you're on YouTube. That subscribe button is always handy as well. We really appreciate it. 